Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Exodus today. I want to direct your attention to chapter number four. Exodus chapter number four. Traveling down a familiar story of one of the greatest heroes of faith, the life of Moses. Exodus four and one. And Moses answered and said, Behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thy hand? He said, A rod. Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Moses fled from before it. The Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and called it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto to thee. Lord, they won't hear me. Lord, they won't believe me. Lord, they won't follow after what you have said. And the Lord said, okay, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? That's my question tonight. What is in your hand? Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you, Lord Jesus. Amen, Lord, for your power and blessings in this place. God, you are the ever-present help. You are the encourager, Lord, and you are our strength. Lord, I pray today for your divine favor and anointing to be upon us. Let us speak, O God, as you would have us speak. Lord, help me, Lord Jesus, to fall, Lord, under the unction in my gift. God, I give you praise today. May you ever be glorified. And all that we say and do today, bless your people through the word in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Let everybody say amen. amen. Turn to two or three people and ask them this question. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? And you could be seated. Praise God. It is an honor to have Sister Bolin with us tonight, Grace's mom, pastor's wife. We're honored to have her here with us in the house of the Lord. Moses is a remarkable man of God. He stands in Heroes Hall of Faith. Matter of fact, Moses has a niche Moses has a place and a function all of his own. We find that his colorful life is vividly illustrated as one of the best leaders ever. 
Some of the best leadership books I have ever read had to do with Moses and following after Moses' leadership ideas. Moses is known as a prophet of God. He is described in Scripture as Jehovah's slave. He is described as Jehovah's chosen and said to be in Scripture the man of God. The man of God. We know him as the man who, who got to see something that others could not see for he is said to have seen the glory of the Lord in the back parts of God. The Bible speaks about Moses as a man that talked face to face with God as a friend with a friend. Mr. H.H. H. Haley has calculated that the story of Moses occupies one-seventh of the Bible. One-seventh of the Bible, or the amount of two-thirds the size of the New Testament. Moses was on the cutting edge of one of the greatest historical events in Israel's history and in, in God's history, known as the Exodus. His ministry ushered in a new dispensation and a new era, a new covenant, if you please, of law, of worship of praise, of sanctuary, of covenant with blood and sacrifice. No other biblical patriarch witnessed such awesome demonstration and power of God quite like Moses. We find that Moses arrives on the scene of time in one of the worst parts of Israel's history, in one of the worst places. He was born with a death sentence upon him, born to an obscure family of the tribe of Levi. With his first breath, he was sentenced to die. But God had plans for this little boy. We understand the Bible tells us that he was saved by Pharaoh's daughter, raised by his Hebrew mother, lived in the palace as a king and a prince. He was born to the family of the tribe of Levi, Amen. But we find him in Egypt. He was under the institution of Egyptians' higher learning. The Bible says that he learned in all of the wisdom of Egypt. He was a military leader. He was a handsome man. The Bible talks about him being a handsome man. Uh, he, was, he had a bright future as a prince in Egypt. But yet he left it all. He gave it all up. He surrendered his honor. He surrendered his wealth. He surrendered his right to authority and to the right to pleasures of Egypt for the sake of the call of God. We find the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 23, by faith, by faith when Moses was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw him that he was a proper, that word proper means a good looking child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater reaches than the treasures in Egypt. And the Bible said, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. So by faith he forsook Egypt. 
Moses knew that he was destined for a higher calling and a higher purpose. Born a slave, became a prince, a prince who became a, a murderer and then a pauper and a pauper who became a shepherd and a shepherd who became a prophet. He was raised in the wisdom of Egypt and Acts says that he, he was mighty in words and in deed. In Acts chapter 7, this is the defender of the weak that we know him as, the avenger of the oppressed. We see that that, that Moses for 40 years lived in the luxury of Egypt. And then for 40 years he lived in the desert in the obscurity of the wilderness of Midian. Moses married Jethro's daughter Zipporah and settled down to be a shepherd. And so his identity shifted in his life from that of being a slave boy to being a prince in the palace, from being a prince in the palace to being a leader in the military of Egypt, to being a student in the Egypt. He, he had a lot of different identities and he went from being the deliverer of the oppressed to freeing up a Hebrew that was being beaten by an Egyptian and he murders him and then runs into the wilderness of Midian and becomes a shepherd. So what was once no doubt a sword in his hand became a staff in his hand. What was once a spear in his hand became a staff in his hand. What was once a books of education became a staff in his hand. What was once a great and wonderful food to eat became just a, a staff in his hand, a stinky, smelly shepherd. During this time, Moses became familiar with the shepherd's rod. The rod is an essential instrument for wilderness working and shepherding. The rod has many uses. It's the support for the walking on the hard terrain in the wilderness. By this time, he's, he's getting up in years. By this time, he's not just uh, needing the, 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 the staff to just simply kind of get by. He's using it as a walking stick. Uh, perhaps he's using it as a weapon. Maybe he uses it as a correction for the sheep. Uh, or they're reaching out and grabbing a lost sheep and bringing them in. But what, what we understand about a rod is that the rod defines the shepherd. It represents who he is. Every shepherd has his own rod. He's familiar with his rod and it signifies if you see a shepherd with a staff, you automatically know he's not a plumber, he's not a carpenter, he's a shepherd. It's his identity. It is who he is. It's what he's about. When you look at, at, at this rod, it is Moses' rod. It's his rod. It is his sense of security. When a snake comes, he beats it with that rod. When the wolves come up, he uses the rod to get it away. When there is a lamb that is in necessary need, he reaches down and pulls that lamb out of its danger. Why? Because his rod was the symbol of his authority, of his identity, and his person. One day, he and his rod and his sheet were on the backside of the desert. And if you would, just permit me to read through Exodus chapter 3 and, and, and show you again that here Moses came to the backside of the desert. It says in chapter 3 in verse number 1, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. 
And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw he turned aside, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he replied, here am I. And he said, draw not hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is in holy ground. I talked about it last Sunday, but I want to tell you we're living in a day where people need to come to the place I'm stepping into the presence of the Lord and I ought to perhaps pull my shoe off and realize this is holy ground this is not just normal ground this is holy ground amen church should not be just a normal run of the mill experience church should not be coming into the presence of God like going to a, 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 a an amusement park pull off your shoes Moses you're standing on holy ground. Amen. That was a sign that this was set apart, that this particular encounter was going to be different than anything. You know, it, it, they say it wasn't uncommon for a bush to burn, but it was uncommon for a bush not to be consumed. Surely uncommon for a bush to speak. Amen. So God begins to tell him who he is. Amen. He said, pull off your shoes. I'm the God of thy father. Amen. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That tells me that Moses somehow had heard from his dad the truth of who Jehovah was. Moses had come in contact with this great God. In verse, verse number eight, it says, and I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, I'll send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayst bring forth my people, uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. What is he saying, Moses? It's time. It's time. That which you felt as a young man pulling on your heart, it is now time. The deliverance is time. Amen. It's time for revival. It's time for restoration. It's time for a move of God. It is time that, that, that God is hearing the prayers and answering the prayers. God hears the cries. Moses, you tried to rush it, but I wanted to tell you it wasn't time yet. Now it's time. I want to tell you, when we try to impose our selfish vision on God's vision, we will fail miserably. But if we'll wait on God, if we'll wait on God, if we'll wait on God, don't marry that guy. He's not the right one. Why don't you wait for the right one? Amen. Don't marry that girl. She's not the right one. Why don't you wait for the right one? Amen. Don't get that job. It's not the right one. Why don't you wait for the right one? Don't you go to that school. It's not the right one. Amen. Why don't you wait for the right one? The miracle of the burning bush was more than just an exercise in supernatural encounter. God wanted to provide Moses with everything he needed to accomplish the task. When God gives a vision, he not only gives the vision, he empowers the person to accomplish that vision. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11, Moses said, Who am I? Who am I that I should go? unto Pharaoh 
that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? And the Lord said, I'll be with thee. I'll be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I've sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. You're not just going to deliver them, but you're going to deliver them with a purpose to come and worship me on the mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, they will say unto them, The God of your fathers, the, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? And what shall I say unto them? What am I going to say to this? situation that's bigger than me. Moses had no way of knowing what was going to happen but God said I'll tell you what I'll let you know a little secret. You go tell them I am that I am has sent you. I am the ever present. I am which means I will be what I will be. Moses it's not up to you to do the work. I will do the work. You just do your part. I'll do mine. Who am I that I should go? Anybody ever felt that? Anybody ever felt that in your life? Felt like, who am I to, to go do this? Or who am I to be that? Or who am I? Amen. But here's what God answers with who am I. I will be with thee. I said, I will be with thee. I will be with thee. Standing on the brink of the most significant supernatural event of the Old Testament history, God gave Moses a revelation of his presence and God continued throughout his journey to remind him, I'm with you. I am with you. I am with you. Can I say as Moses later said in Exodus 33, if you're not with us, then we're not leaving. We need the power and the presence of God. Moses began to understand from the very beginning, if I'm gonna do what God wants me to do, I've gotta have the presence presence of God. When are we going to learn our talent won't get it done? Our abilities won't get it done. Our best planning will not get it done. Our systems can't organize it enough. Amen. We can't be good enough. We need the power and the presence of God. If there's ever a generation that needs that, it is today. He said, here, my presence will go with you. Then I'm going to give you purpose. You come back to this mountain and worship me here. When you brought the people, bring the people out of Egypt, you're going to come back here and worship me here. It was that distinct purpose that caused Moses not to cave because Pharaoh wanted him, just take them out for a little while and bring them back. No, God said, go to the mountain and worship. We got to go to the mountain and worship. God revealed his power to them when he said, I am that I am. He said, why, whose authority will I go? I want to reveal to you who I am, God said. How many believe it is still true, Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. I believe that we're living in a generation where devils are hiding. They're not brightly out in the open, but they're hiding behind causes. They're hiding behind politics. Let me preach you a little while. I know what I'm talking about. 
Because when Jesus went to the man of the Gadareans, what did the man, what did that spirit come out and say? We are legion. That is not a denomic, denom- uh, uh, demon uh, 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 name. That is not a name related to demons. It's related to politics. It's related to the Roman uh, guard because just a few years before that, uh, a legion had come and attacked that town. Amen. There, don't be fooled by politics to think that there's no spirit behind it because there is. In my name, he said, you cast out devils. In my name, they're going to speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You know what? When we walk into a situation and a snake, a spirit arises, it's not for us to have the authority to put it down. He said, in my name, you'll put it down. When sickness arises, it's not our authority that will cause the healing. Amen. He said, in my name, in my name, the same idea that Moses understood is that if I I can get to Egypt with a power and authority. I'll stand in that. I'll stand in that name. John 14, 13, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, Jesus said, I'll do. I'll do it. It's interesting, though, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 2 that the Lord said to Moses, What is in your hand? What is in your hand. And can you imagine Moses hearing the voice? First of all, it's a bush talking to you. That's got to be weird enough. And then the bush asks you, what's in your hand? Are you blind, bush? Can you not see? Duh, it's a rod. God asks us questions sometimes that's just not quite as obvious as we think they are. He's got a purpose. What is in thy hand? And he said, a rod. Then he told him, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses, I like this, fled from before it. Smart man. He knew what snakes were. I've heard them say, you can look in a snake's eyes and tell whether it's poisonous, but it's going this way or that way. You can look at the fork of the tongue of a snake to see if it's poisonous or the sharpness of the tail. I ain't looking. I don't have time to look. I'm running. I'm going to take Mo's advice and I'm getting out of Dodge. He's running. I'm going to get close enough to find out. I'm going to get with a, what's that pistol you had the other day, Brother Seth? A judge. Unless I got me a judge on my side. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the way I want to meet him. We find that Moses had already understood God's promise of his presence, God's promise of his power, God's promise of his purpose, but now he said there's something else that you must know. Moses, you're a slave to your own identity. Moses, you put your identity in yesterday. You're still thinking about where you come from, what your story was, who you are. Amen. You know a lot about Egypt. You know about the wilderness. Mo, you know shepherding. Mo, you know sheep. Mo, you know your rod. But I want want you to learn something now. Amen. By you throwing your rod down and picking it up, I want you to see the demonstration is that if you'll obey me, I'm in control. 
if you will obey me, I'm in control. We want God to show us ahead of time. And so God is showing Moses, if you'll follow me, if you'll trust me, I have the power to bring you through. He's telling Moses, Throw down your support, Moses. Throw down your status, Moses. Throw down your personal protection, Moses. I guarantee you Moses had taken that same staff and had killed snakes with it. And now all of a sudden, what is he learning? Cast down your personal identity. Throw down your security blanket. Throw down your distinction. Cast down your crutch. Cast down your excuse. Cast down that thing to get you over the rough things. Moses, I want you to throw it down and pick it up. I want to see a dimension change in your mentality I've given you my name I've given you my power I've given you my presence but what you need is you need an identity change I believe today we understand the power and presence of the Lord we understand the dimension of God's anointing Amen. Seen it in our lives. Watched him move. But sometimes God wants to throw down our crutches, our Pentecostal traditions made of men, our personal ambitions that are not about kingdom but about us, our personal statuses, our desire to be liked, our desire to be offended and sought after and our desire to be known for our talents and our ability. He wants us to cast down our negative, narrow thinking. He wants us to throw down our unbelief and our doubt. Throw down our crutches. Throw down our clicks. Throw it down. Why? Because the Lord said, if you'll obey me, you're going to pick it up and you're going to be a different man. You're going to be a different man. Mama, I wish somebody would hear me today. Amen. Your identity is not enough. I don't care how long you've been raised in church. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who your mom and dad is, or your aunt and uncle, or your grandparents. God said, are you willing to throw it down? Are you willing to throw it down? He cast it down. It became a serpent. Moses fled. And as he's leaving, like any smart person would do, the Lord said, pick it up. Lord, I threw it down. I love you, Lord, and the bush is burning. You got my attention. You want me to pick up that? Throw it down. God was teaching him a principle is that his rod was on the authority of God as long as he obeyed him. For when he picked it up, whew, it became a rod again. Can you imagine? The properties of that rod had to change. The molecules changed. The rod became a snake, and the snake became a rod. But something, not, not, not just that, not just that, the Lord would tell him in verse 17 of Exodus 4, I believe it is, you're going to take the rod with you everywhere you go, and you're going to use this rod. You're going to use this rod to do miracles. You're going to do, use this rod to do miracles. Hallelujah. If you wouldn't mind, put up verse 20, Exodus 4 and 20. The Lord had said, I want you to take this with you. And Moses took his wife and his son and set them upon an ass and returned to the land of Egypt. But look at this. No longer is it Moses' rod. It's God's rod. 
It's God's rod. He loaded up his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass and returned to the land of Egypt and he took with him the name. He took with him the presence. He took with him the power, but he also took with him a new identity. If you're gonna step into a dimension with God and do things that you can't do by yourself, you can't do on your own, you're gonna need the power and presence of God, you're gonna need the name of God, but you're also gonna need a new identity. I am something different. When I turn my rod over to God, when I turn my identity over to God, it may have been lost, but it's really not lost. It's being changed. It's being changed. And if I will be patient, if I will be patient with God, I'll step into a dimension that shepherding never knew. Is your rod what is in your hand? Is your rod that's in your hand under the authority of God's purpose in your life? I'm preaching about three or four of you people. Some of y'all could just go ahead and go on to sleep, but I'm preaching to three or four of you right now that this is for you. This is for your life right where you are right now because you're wrestling with your destiny. You're wrestling with your future. Things have been in turmoil in your life, but what had to happen is that you have to throw down some things to pick up something else in a new dimension. You have to be willing to lay down this identity to pick up that identity. Ah, it's Mother's Day, so I just might as well go down the road of being parents and all that kind of stuff. You have parents, and you pick up the rod of parenting. Then you have grandkids, and you got to change rods. Any grandparents know what I'm talking about? It's not the same rod. You don't use the same rod on your kids that you used on your, you use on your grandkids, or you or you better not. There's a change that shifts. There's a change and a shift in life. Everywhere you go, there's shifts. But you have to be willing to simply say, God, this is in your power. Lord, I'm changing my identity to fit the purpose of where I am right now. Are you ready to take what is in your hand and see it shift from your rod to God's rod? When we surrender our identity to God, when we throw it down and we pick it up, it has a new property. Before Moses had this encounter, we never read him or read about him using his rod for a miraculous event. It's always his rod. But after this encounter... After he takes up the rod of God, it is Moses and this rod that is used to stand before the Red Sea and lift it up and divide the waters. Why? Everybody's griping and complaining. Everybody's murmuring and fussing. You brought us out here to die. Y'all watch this. 
I'm not trying to be arrogant. You see, Moses had already seen God take it to put it in a snake. He'd already seen it used in the Egyptian encounter with snakes and water being turned to blood and lifting up his, he'd already seen that. Amen. Once you get to the realization that this is God's rod and not your rod, it's not about who's popular or who's getting the notoriety. This is God's. Just watch the salvation of the Lord. Watch God come through. Hallelujah. You've got to lift up your faith. Somebody hear me today. Somebody hear me today. Amen. It was the waters of the Red Sea that were, uh, that were divided when he lifted up his rod. It was the rod that he used to smite the rock in Hiram that brought forth the water that represented Christ. It was the rod in Exodus 17 and 9 when they were about to fight Amalek. Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill. Years, time passed with the rod of God in my hand. It's still the rod of God. It's still the purpose of God. It's still the purpose of God. Some of you might be facing something right now, and you, you say, well, I don't know what I like about this being in my hand. Maybe you need to let it go so you can pick it back up. And it be changed. Stand with me, please. Change. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Pastor Dylan, you never ask for this change in your life. But what the devil means for evil, God can mean for good. It's just a rod change. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not mine anymore, Lord. It's not about my ministry. It's not about my plans. Lord, it's your plans. Whatever you got for me, Lord. I'm willing to throw my identity down so I can pick up your identity. My anointing will be greater because where I'm at, yes, Lord, you'll heal me. Yes, Lord, you'll heal me. I'm believing that with everything that's in me. But while I'm doing this, I've got a rod. i got to pick up. I've got a rod. i got to pick up. I've got a rod. Brother Jay, Sister Amy, you never asked for where you are. You never asked. You never asked, well, I... I'm going to raise eight more kids. I'm going to raise nine more kids. I'm going to raise all these kids. I, I think I'll just, you didn't ask. It's a rod change. Amen. All you kids understand it's a rod change. It's identity change. It's shifting. It's God taking us and putting us in a place where that rod can become not ours, but God's. It's God's. It belongs to him. Here I am, Lord. My identity, I give it to you. Can you say that right where you are? Amen. Praise God. Being a family, the Lord brought you here. Oh, but I want to tell you, he wants to shift you in this place from just a rod of your own identity. Hallelujah to a rod of purpose. Ah, hear me today, Brother Chris, Sister Shelley. God's got his hand on you. It's got to be a willingness to simply say, God, what I expected may never happen. Happen. I'll go be a shepherd on the backside of the desert until you visit me. 
I'll change my identity if I have to. But it's going to be because God said it. God said it. Hallelujah. Is there anybody willing to ask yourself this question today? What is in my hand? Is it mine? Is it my rod? Or have I gone through the process of it becoming God's rod? Is it my will? Or have I gone through the process of it becoming God's will? Whew. Praise the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost is about to break through on some people in this place in the name of Jesus. Would you just lift your hands? Maybe you want to step out in the aisle right now. This, this message you felt like is for you and God is talking to you. Why don't you just step out right now and just simply claim it. Lord, I'm picking it up with fresh identity. I'm picking up with a new determination. I am that I am is with me. I am that I am is with me. He said he'd never leave me or forsake me. Hallelujah. He sees where I'm at. He knows where I'm going. It's no longer my rod, my identity, my status, my tradition, my way. But God, it is yours. So, Lord, I need your anointing right now. Lord, I need your power right now. I'll throw it down and watch it become something that I didn't think it was supposed to be. Something that even I detest. But, oh, God, it's about a transformation to me to pick it back up and be what you want me to be. Pick up the rod of God in your life. Pick up his identity. Surrender to his will. Surrender to his purpose. Not to your concept, but his purpose. Surrender to his timing. Surrender into his timing. Surrender to his timing. Surrendering to his timing. Surrender to his way. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.